Hey, it's your girl Stormy Maya, and you're listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. <laughs> What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh -huh. Rebel Radio is going down. Would you say Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. This week, I sit with Stormy Maya the model actress musician entrepreneur hustler stormy is she's on fire she's uh prolific she's controversial outspoken not afraid to to say what's on her mind she's got some great stories about the career that she's building about um you know running into haters who who don't think she can do what uh what she sets her mind to uh, she talks about some of the shitty men that she comes into contact with as a woman in this business. And, um, and I really appreciate her, uh, you know, willingness to, to say whatever's on her mind and just keep going and stay focused on, on her goals and not let all that stuff get in the way. Uh, it's a great interview. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into it right now. Yeah, cool. Well, I appreciate you making time for this. I've been following you. Uh, I think I probably discovered you from Hustlers, and you know, I've been following you online. I like, I like, you know, what you're doing. Um, and so, you know, on this show, like, it's all about people kind of creating their own paths and and you know, uh, you know, creating their own life and career and brands out of this culture that that we love. Um, so I'm excited to talk to you and kind of see what you're up to and learn a little bit about the journey that you've been on and where you're going next. Okay, dope. All right. Cool. You know, I want to talk about some of the stuff you've been doing this year, but, uh, I always like to kind of start at the beginning. Um, and so do you, do you remember the first record that you ever bought for yourself? Bought? Yeah, or maybe chose on your own. Like it wasn't it wasn't your parents or you know, it was like your music. Oh well I'm the I'm the generation of LimeWire and okay. uh, MP3school.com we used to go to, you know, we used to like have our MP3 players and we had our websites we would go and get our free music on and we would always download it. We never bought it because we sure, had no sure, money. Sure. Of course. But um Um, I've always been very unique with like my music because I like lots of different types of music. So I'm not, you know, stuck on one genre, you know, even as a kid, I've always really loved Motown. I loved old school music a lot. I loved nineties hits. I loved um, old school hip hop. I also loved at the time, you know, they used to call it bubblegum rap. Uh -huh. back when I was in middle school and stuff like that. So like, um, what, give me an example. What's, what's one of those songs? Uh, I used to love the new boys. Uh, you know, this one's me the jerk song. You know, Soldier Boy was like the shit back in the day. Like, so that's what they called the bubblegum rap, I suppose. Like, that's what they were calling it then. I don't know if they call it that still. Right. And. You know, I thought I love that. I love the old school hits. I was a real big fan of NWA 
went in public okay. enemy when I was in middle school and high school. So I used to like really hardcore tracks. I loved really grungy rap. And I also loved metal. I loved, um, you know, like bands. Like I love Linkin Park. I love um, Korn, My Chemical Romance. I also like really love classic rock, like Aerosmith, Def Leppard. Um, so I've always been a lover of music. I love sure. music in general of all genres. I love pop music. I love Britney Spears. I loved, uh, mm -hmm. Christina Aguilera. Like, I'm not like some people who are like, oh no, I only like this. I love like something kind of out of every genre. Like I love the Cranberries and then I love Michael Jackson. I love Prince. I like, you know, I love Madonna. Like I just like music. So when I was young, I would just like download a bunch of tracks from everywhere. Right. And, you know, I was always like on YouTube, like discovering new tracks is how I'd find out about, you called the bubblegum rappers. And they had all these like under, I guess they would be called underground, underground uh, bubblegum rappers at the time. I don't really remember mm -hmm. their name, but there was a lot of groups like New Boys and stuff like that at the time. And they all had kind of like that similar uh, vibe. Everyone was making that music that you they had dance moves to at the time. And I thought that was fire. So, yeah. Nice. That's cool. Um, and so, and so how did you how, go from that? How'd you get started making music? Um, I've been making music forever. I've been making music since I was about 12 years old, but professionally I've only been making music for about two years. So I started making music when I was around 12 and I would just like write little raps, do little okay. freestyles at just my like school. school kind of thing. Yeah, like in school, we would do it for fun. Like, you know, we would battle or whatever. And uh, I remember, you know, we just had fun with it. And it wasn't something that was like super serious. You know, we just had fun with it. And then when I got into right. high school, I was still really much into music. So I took classes in music production and I took a lot of courses mm -hmm. as far as like how to use the equipment, um, you know, the microphones and stuff like that. But it was more like the science behind it. So it was more about like how sound is registered and that type sure. of stuff. And, you know, it wasn't as fun as I expected it to be. I thought it was going to be more like, you know, making music. Right. But it was actually more about the science behind it. But I was taking courses in that. And, you know, at the time, I was still really interested in, like, doing rap music, stuff like that. But I was, like, 15, you know, 16, whatever. And then I went into a career of modeling and acting. And I didn't get into music professionally until, like, like I said, 2018. And it's because my manager slash producer. Um, I had met him on many film sets. He is a uh, videographer, director, you know, edits on music videos in that scene. And okay. we had met a couple of times because I was hired as a model for a bunch of music videos. And we kind of stayed in touch. And, you know, he saw I was getting you know, my followers. I was doing a lot of stuff. And he's like, yo, you should get into music. You should, you should try to get into it professionally. And I was like, yo, I've been wanting to. I just don't know how. Because I really didn't. I didn't know, like, like how, what's the first step? Like how to get in the studio? Like how to, like I was writing music, but I didn't have the proper science or the proper structure. Like I really mm -hmm. didn't, um, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a science to it. Like the way the hook is laid out, the For way, sure. you know, yeah. the 16 bars. And so no one ever like really broke that down to me, you know? So I, someone like him was great. Cause he came in and he like broke it down for me. Like, you know, the science behind it. And he also trained me through the studio of how to record and, um, so basically he came into my life as a mentor and he wasn't the only one trying to proposition me at the time. I had a whole bunch of people trying to get me into music around the same time, which is kind of funny, but had a whole mm -hmm. bunch of people 
like, yo, you should get to music, you should get to music, because, you know, they're seeing these girls get the followers, and they're like, yo, we should get, you know, get these girls into music, we'll get, we'll get money or whatever, but I actually took it seriously, and I actually love it, and it's something that I've been wanting to do forever, like I said, I just didn't know how to, so. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And so when, when did that, uh, so if I, if I hear you correctly, like, you started out kind of making music as a hobby, and then you got into mm -hmm. the acting and modeling thing, um, and then kind of came back to music. And so when did it become clear to you, or maybe if it has, like, what's, what's the career path that you're building? Like, was there a moment where you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do? Or is that, you know, how, talk to me about that. Basically, music is my main priority. I do everything. I do a bunch of things, but music's my priority. It's the main thing that I'm pursuing. And basically, that's because it feels the most natural to me, and I love it the most, and I love the fact that it's mine. I'm in control of it, and I love that I can be myself with it. I got into modeling just as a way to escape my current situation. At the time, I was like 16. I was going through homelessness and foster care, a whole bunch of stuff like that. And, you know, people were approaching me like, you should be a model, whatever. And, you know, it seemed like a great way to kind of escape what was going on in my life. And, you know, I ended up making money from it and you know, build a creative. It was like, like the most clear path to kind of getting out of my, my situation, like kind of a come up. And it did work, like because of it, I, within a couple years of me doing modeling starting at 16 i was doing music videos on the daily i was getting paid even though it was like local stuff at first i was making mm -hmm. some money like i get paid a couple hundred dollars for a photo shoot and that would help me pay rent i would do little events and stuff and make money here and there i was networking and it's a lot easier to get through the door as a female modeling because you know when it comes to music people can be kind of sexist and dismissive and you know you're competing among these guys and you have to earn all this respect but with modeling you know if you're a pretty girl automatically they're just like whatever you can be a model so it was a great way to get through the door you know build my brand up build a fan base and then with acting that was my first reality check of how people um they they, they don't mind looking at you but they might not like what you have to say and they might when you start trying to do something, I guess, more serious, that's where you start getting the criticism. So I got a lot of hate when I started doing acting. People were kind of like, bitch, stick to, um, stick to being a model. And people were really hateful. And then as soon as I started doing big projects, working among big stars, working among big directors, people turn around and they're like, oh, my God, I'm such a supporter. I'm such a supporter. And so the music was the same thing. Got into music. People were like, bitch, you should stick to acting, you know, nobody cares about what you have to say. I had, I had really strong opinions that people didn't like. And um, about two years later, now people are starting to respect me. People are, have a, a, a music fan base growing, have people who actually like my music and they're following for my music. So I think that all these industries just take a while for people to respect you and take you seriously because you're like, oh, okay, let's see if she actually is gonna stick with this or if this just, or cloud or whatever, you know. You might remember a few weeks ago, I mentioned Everly Well. It's a company that makes at-home lab testing easy. Well, I got my Everly Well at-home lab test and I tested myself for allergies, which um, if you know me, I've, I've suffered from all different types of allergies uh, my whole life. A few days ago, I got the results back. Um, they showed me that I'm allergic to, actually I thought I was going to be, have more allergies 
Uh, mostly it's just dust. There's a couple other things, olive trees, which I, I don't think we have around here. Um, and uh, a couple other things, but you know, really help me understand that dust is the main issue. Um, that uh, we, we got to keep things clean around here if I want to stay off the meds. So Everlywell has been really helpful to me uh, to have a better understanding of what's going on with my health and what affects that. They offer over 30 at-home lab tests from food sensitivity, uh, different vitamins, STDs, metabolism, women's health, testosterone, much, much more. Um, each test comes with super easy to follow instructions. Like I told you last time, uh, it, it took me a couple minutes. It was uh, really easy and you just uh, seal it up, mail it off and the results came back quickly, um, digitally and, uh, and you know, easy to understand and, and share with my doctors and all that stuff. So check out Everly Well today. For 20% off an Everly Well at-home lab test, visit everlywell.com slash rebelradio and enter the code rebelradio. That's everlywell.com slash rebelradio, code rebelradio for 20% off your test. Everlywell at-home lab tests, your answers, your way. So talk about that a little bit. I mean, it's, it's uh, to me, that's, you know, I'm not surprised, but it's interesting to hear mm -hmm. that, like, so each new thing you try is, you know, you get a bunch of resistance, right? You get a bunch of haters. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, basically, like, um, people just don't like when you're someone who can do multiple things, like when you're someone who can do a lot of things, I feel like they're intimidated by it, because the average person can't really do one great thing. I know that sounds freaking terrible, but a lot of people can't do one great thing, and so I think when they see a person doing multiple things that are great, then they're, they're hateful and there's their own insecurities projecting onto you because a lot of people do not live their dreams. They do not do the things that they want to do in life. And so to see you do maybe like two or three things that you dream to do or things that people would consider uh, dream careers, I think that that angers them because they're like, I can't even do this. How are you able to do all three of these things or right. two of those things? So, so what does that do for you? How do you process that when you know, people's comments are they are, they are whatever they are, right? And so, mm -hmm. people love to talk shit online. Um, you know, what do you, what do you do? Like, what's your like? Does it affect you? Do you have some way that you kind of you know push past it or let it roll off you? Um, I don't care what random people on the internet have to say because that in no way shape or form affects my life like it's not like they're gonna take it from me so it doesn't really matter um I find it flattering that people care about what I do I actually would be more insulted if people didn't have an opinion I'd be more insulted right. if people didn't watch my every move so there are times where you get aggravated as a creator when you have a bunch of people criticizing or talking shit of course that gets annoying for anybody because it's just like okay, okay, whatever, you're hearing the same thing would be for 50 different people, and you're just like, you know, you get kind of like, all right, shut up. But does it actually affect my mood or affect how I feel about myself? No, because um, I do what I do to make myself happy. I am happy. I feel blessed. I work really hard for what I, what I have, so I'm not going to let somebody who's just miserable in life ruin that for me, because if, clearly if you're a happy person or successful, you're not going to, like, hate on me for 
doing whatever the hell I'm doing. So these are clearly miserable, angry people. So, you know, you can't take them that seriously. Sure, sure. Do you think that, um, you know, you talked about going through the foster system and, mm-hmm. and some of those challenges going up. So how, how does that, what do, what do you take with you from that into this phase of your life? Like what are the, the tools or the lessons that, you know, from, from that part of your life that are useful today? Well, I think that's why I don't give a damn about the things that other people give a damn about. I think that's why I'm not as sensitive or as easily phased because I've been through real life struggles. I've survived real things. I have seen real things. I have fought for my life. I have fought for necessities. So, you know, something as simple as people not liking me on social media and I like in my opinion is not really that big of a deal to me. Like, okay, I say a lot of things people might find controversial or they don't agree with me. And I think as a creator, it's great to be in a mental space that you don't care. You're going to still create what you want to create. You're still going to be unapologetic and do what you want to do. And coming from a hard background has made that easy for me because I'm like, honey, I've had situations where I haven't had a place to sleep that night. I've had situations where I haven't had food or, you know, money for the buzz, stuff like that. So for me to come from something like that and then be in a blessed situation and then have people criticize it. I just, I really can't sit back and be miserable. Cause it's like, I'm so happy that I have everything that I need. And you know, I mean, a couple of years since I've gone through my struggles. So I think that's what it's mostly prepared me for. It's prepared me for life because now I'm just like, the fuck is y'all arguing about some simple shit? You know, I got food, I got a place to live. I have like money. Like I'm not sitting here stressing no damn people on Instagram talking shit, like talk shit, you're hating, you're jealous, you're angry, miserable, like, right. too bad, like get over it. <laughs> That's right. So like you said, you know, you, sometimes you say things, you know, you say what's on your mind, maybe some mm-hmm. things that are controversial. Cause you know, I know that uh, celebrities or influencers or anybody in the public eye, like, you know, it's, it's easy for certain things to get blown out of proportion or whatever. Um, so besides not necessarily caring what other people think, is there anything you've come out and said that maybe you look back on and kind of regretted or it was like not, you know, maybe you felt it at the moment, but but later on it's like not, okay. I say what I say. If I said it, I meant it. And even if I said okay. it in the past and I meant it then, I'm not going to apologize for it now because I meant it at that time. I've never said anything hateful. I've never said anything colorist. I've never said anything homophobic or anything like that um because i don't have an evil heart and all these people coming out and apologizing you know they full of shit because that's the way they felt then that's the way they feel now i don't believe in this oh people change like no that's how you feel that's how you feel i've never said anything racist never said anything like that um people don't like me because i'm very i don't say people don't like me i think some people don't like what i have to say because i'm unapologetic in what i say and you know for example some people might complain that I'm very pro-black. I'm very like far liberal when it comes to females and female rights because I'm very pro-sex worker. I'm pro-females doing what the fuck they want to do with their bodies. I'm pro, when I say I'm pro-black too, I'm not like this fake pro-black of, oh my God, we're Democrats and you know, we're also like, you know, no, no, I'm pro-black meaning that I'm for what's best for the black community, whether or not the black community agrees with it. Um, and you know, in the day, that's that's me. I, I stand by what I stand by. If someone wants to prove me wrong and educate me on something, then I'm open to listen to it. But for the most part, 
everything I see at my mouth, I mean it. So that's it. <laughs> no, I appreciate that because I feel like, you know, obviously we're in an environment where everybody's speaking whatever's on their minds. And, you know, like you said, there's this like, you know, these kind of standard lines from the Democrats, from the, you know, conservatives, from the whatever. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the reality is, um, you know, there's all kinds of different perspectives, right? And it's not just one, you know, there's not just one uh, necessarily right answer that, or belief system that's going to fit everybody. Well, I think the main problem is they don't, I think the main problem is black folks have been enslaved to thinking that we only are, are allowed to think a certain way. Meanwhile, there's, there's white Republicans, white Democrats, white folks who don't give a fuck. But with black people, it's like, you know, we all feel like we got to think one way. We think y'all got to believe one way or, oh, you're not, you're not for blackness or you're not for this. And I think that's one thing that's damaging, damaging us as a community is that we should allow diversity in our black community as far as mindsets, because then we'll have players on every team. Um, and, you know, I think we should also open our eyes to the history. I'm not really a big politic fan. I don't like talking about politics. I think it's awful as shit. I don't like anybody. I don't like anybody running. I don't like anybody at all. So end of the day, I don't even get involved with it. Um, did an interview yesterday and we got into politics and I really wasn't feeling it, but I, you know, I have an opinion. I just know that nobody's gonna understand my opinion. Right. But uh, I think that we should normalize black folks having opinions. And I think we should normalize black folks having unpopular opinions, especially when it comes to politics. Sure. Well, I'm not going to get into politics with you. That's not my thing either. But, um, but no point. <laughs> uh, Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. So, um... Talk about the acting though, because you had some, you know, you were in Hustlers with mm -hmm. JLo. I know you were in um, She's Gotta Have It with mm -hmm. Spike Lee. Um, you know, some big, big projects. What does that do? Like, I think it's kind of a steady grind that you're just, you know, you're building your career and your credits and your fan base and all that. And so, uh, you know, does something like Hustlers or, or any, anything in your, in your uh, you know, the work you've done, change the game right where like the next day or or you know the next month the phone starts ringing or people respond to you in a different way because you've done that one thing i uh, definitely people are fake as fuck and um <laughs> i <laughs> okay. mean yeah two different people who always come like that it's not just with doing a movie that's with any type of thing that you do that's successful like when i got on the radio for the first time 
you know, you got people who do that. When I got on the radio the first time, it was like a whole boatload of people. When what, I got what, what song was that? Black Name Magic. Sirius XM, uh, Shade 45, BBC Radio 1, like, so, you know, when any, any time you do, like, a little type of um, accomplishment, I will say, you definitely, these boatloads of people, like, from high school, cousins, you know, just random people out of nowhere, and I've had that happen mm -hmm. to me for years now, like, every time I do something, even when I dropped Black Man Magic music video recently, um, I got a whole bunch of people from high school talking shit, sharing it, hit me up. So every time I do any type of accomplishment, you get people just boom. Hustlers was great because even if you're not checking for me, your ass definitely went to the theaters to watch it. And if you were a hating ass bitch, you got to see me anyway. And you got to see me in all my glory. And so it's kind of funny because even if somebody doesn't want to follow me on Instagram or if they don't want to support me, they still got to see my ass. So that was funny. Um, but definitely it brought a lot of people to be like, oh, what's going on? And yeah, it's definitely one of those notches of where you can't go backwards. So you know, all these people who thought you weren't the shit back in the day, didn't want to put you in their film, or didn't want to work with you, or thought you weren't good enough for this and that. And then they want to come out the woodwork and be like, oh, hey, look at, look at her now. I had that happen with um, the modeling stuff back in the day. I remember mm. when I first started off, I had all these people... You know, these little fake industry nobody people who, at the time, I was like, oh, my God, it'd be a big deal. And they turned their nose up at me. I had this one woman who said I wasn't good enough to be in her little agency and, you know, said I couldn't hold a candle to the chick she had. And I had um, people who wouldn't put me in their shows because they said, oh, I wasn't good enough or whatever. People just being really hateful and mean towards me. And then years later, I'm seeing them post my pictures up on Instagram or Facebook talking about, oh, this is me and her back in the day. And, you know, I'm so happy that she's here now. And, you know, people are fake as fuck. And they didn't want to be like, hey, girl, what's up? And I've had so many ex-photographers or ex-friends or ex-industry people in general just do that to me. Uh, you know, hit me up like, oh, hey, girl. And I'm like, I remember you from such and such time ago. Don't fucking hit me up, bitch. Um, I don't believe in that fake shit. I'm not a fake person. I'm very honest and real. And, um, you know, I even had uh, recently this dude that I wanted to invest in a movie of mine a couple years ago. And he disrespected me to the max because he was like, oh, if you want money for your movie, you know, I can invest in you. And I was like, oh, I'm so happy because at the time I was just starting to get into uh, filmmaking. And as you, I don't know if you know, but I just finished making my first featured film as a creator and a director. So... Okay. I just finished a movie called Shark and it's a hip hop movie that I wrote and I directed and we just finished everything. And, you know, now we're shopping it out to uh, buyers and stuff like that. So back in the day, a couple of years ago, I was trying to get into that. And uh, homeboy was like, yeah, you know, I'll invest in you. And, you know, he had a couple projects he was doing and I was so excited because I'm like, yes, I need an investor to help me. And he was like, oh, well, if you want this money, you're going to have to fuck me. You're going to have to do this and that. Very disrespectful. And I didn't like the fact that he approached me like that because I was like, um, number one, we were already cool before. And it's just totally disrespectful, you know, to approach me that way. I'm trying to do a business proposition. You're trying to talk about, oh, well, you're going to have to fuck me for this money. Like, what the hell? And then he tried to hit me up a couple of weeks ago on some, hey, girl, oh my God, I'm so happy to see where you're at. And I was like, 
ignore, didn't even answer homeboy. And he has a nerve to be like, I don't know what I did, but you're not answering me. And I'm just like, bitch, you know what the fuck you did? Same, you know, last story about it. Um, had another guy back in the day, about four or five years ago when I got, you know, I was still new to the modeling game, still new to the industry shit. Wasn't in acting yet. Um, and I had this agency dude come to me and I was so happy because he books real big music videos and he books real big campaigns. Like, you know, that, you know, stuff with A-listers and stuff like that. And it was a big come up for me because, you know, I was doing a lot of local stuff, a lot of things for local artists, up and coming people. So he was like doing stuff for like Chief Keef and like, you know, bigger artists, Kanye, what that stuff like that. So I was like, oh my God. And he was like, yeah, you know, so he got me a couple gigs. I did a couple music videos with him, did a couple shows with him, made some good money. And then once he, like, gave me a taste of what he can offer, he was like, oh, yeah, so now that you see what I can do, uh, I'm going to need you to fuck me if you want to keep getting these gigs, these shots, whatever. And he would always talk openly about the girls that were a part of the agency that would fuck him and stuff like that. And I was just like, nah, bro. Like, to me, I said, I don't understand that mentality, like, you know, you're not a sugar daddy. This is a job. This is me going and working. Like, why would I have to fuck you to go work? It makes no sense. So I was like, nah, I'm good. I don't roll like that. Um, and, you know, we ended up not working together because clearly I wasn't going to take his proposition. And he hit me up once again, maybe a couple months ago on some, hey, you know, oh my God, you're still beautiful. Got ignored, got fucking blocked. Got in, like, fuck you, bitch. I tried to come to see me do my little come up. And now you want to come and kiss my ass. So, and, you know, they're basically little examples for you of how I get sure. that all the time. That's like two sure. stories of a thousand, you know. Sure, so. sure. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, that's fucked up. That's disgusting that, that it's very common that way. People yeah, take advantage I mean, of. I'm not surprised. People. I'm not surprised either, but to me, I have no problem with people fucking their way to the top. I have no problem with people fucking for what they want. That's cool. What I do not like is people trying to take people's vulnerabilities or sure. taking people's, you know, people aspire so hard for these positions and to basically bully them or to force them into a sexual situation is a form of rape and it's creepy no and we you know people are desperate to make money or desperate to get accomplishments and to hold that over someone's head for sexual gratification is disgusting um you know and i don't respect it at all maybe that's like a form of like i said it's a form of rape it's creepy so um i'm good i don't like that so. If you're enjoying this one and you like hearing outspoken people um, who say whatever's on their mind, we can go back in the Rebel Radio archives. Check out, I actually had him on twice, uh, Rude Jude from the All Out Show on Shade 45 Sirius XM. Uh, Jude is the author of two books, Hummingbird and Hyena, autobiographical tales of his crazy life that he's been through. And he's definitely a polarizing character. Um, some people love him some people might get offended that's your problem uh, but anyway go ahead and check those out if you like um, tell me about Shark so Shark I'm so proud of it it is a feature film it's about an hour and 20 minutes it is a movie that I wrote and directed and uh, I started a little bit, I'm only in it for maybe like two or three scenes because I was focusing on really making the movie and 
kind of hard to do both. And it follows the story of two rappers. And it's, I guess you would call it like it's a, it's a hip hop comedy drama. So it got okay. a lot of hip hop and a lot of music. And then it also has a lot of comedic moments. And overall, it's the, the, the tone of its you know, drama. And it follows the story of two rappers, two different come ups, two different um, obstacles. And they come from two different locations. One's from Montreal, Canada. One's from Baltimore and moves to New York. And it's a very unique movie because it's really real it's really down to earth it has like some real like 90s black movie type feels and it also has like, a lot of spikely uh you know realistic type feels and it gives you kind of like that feeling of back to day we used to watch friday and those types of movies and that's really what i, I miss i miss like those really good black shows from back in the day and movies and stuff like that and the thing that's really unique about the movie is we actually go to all these different locations. We go to Florida, we go to New York, we go to Montreal, we go to LA, we go to Virginia. And in all these places we go at, we get different music, different artists. We get um, a different outlook on hip hop and these people's stories. And so it's very funny and unique and interesting. And um, yeah, it's out of my crazy mind. So, I mean, I hope people like it. And yeah, I mean, I'm really proud of it. And um, you know, like I said, it, it, it's my first movie, so obviously there's some things I learned from it. There's some things I would change. You know, I obviously would want to make it perfect, but I feel like sure. it's the first movie. Put it out there, learn from it, and then make better ones. So the basic of the beats ain't exclusive. Everybody got them and we got us. I don't even want to hear any of that. And I mean by any means necessary. We need to get that money back. I want you to fucking kill it. And so what's the goal with that? You're shopping it? Right, yeah, I mean, just, traditionally, or, or is what, what's the plan? So, you know, I've, I've been a, produ a producer for movies before. And so I have connections with distributors and getting movies sold and all that type of stuff. But um, I'm not really sure what I want to do yet with the movie. Um, clearly, the most important thing seems for people to watch it. So if there wasn't COVID, like I had this whole plan of like festivals and all that. I know they're doing online festivals. I haven't um, really done much research, but that to my, in the beginning, when I first started doing this movie, I was like, oh, you know, shop it around, go to festival and win some awards and people to get their eyes on it. Um, you know, get it all the love and attention it deserves. It's such a unique movie and then mm -hmm. put it out to the public. But at this point, I think I'm going to do maybe a couple online festivals, you know, and then right away I'm going to send it off to some connections I have, distribution connections I have, and, you know, see what the best option for the movie is. If not, I'll take the money and I'll just market the fuck out of the movie and sell it <laughs> on okay. Amazon Prime or something. Like, you know, yeah, where it comes to first, but... That's right. But I'm more about people watching it more than I am the money. So it's not really about... Yeah. Um, the biggest offer. It's more about like, I just want the movie to be marketed. I want the movie to get a lot of attention. And mm -hmm. it's going to put a lot of people on the map because there's so much independent music in it. The whole soundtrack of the movie is independent artists that submitted music to me. It's, oh, nice. It's the movie, the, the actors are mostly rappers that we've made actors. Like the two main guys are actual rappers and they're doing original music in the movie. And mm -hmm. we have actual cameos from rappers. And so it's a true hip hop film. So. That's cool. I can't wait to see it.
Yes, you will see it. <laughs> That's exciting. Um, yeah. Can we talk about hair for a minute? Okay. Because, I mean, I love your hair. It's amazing. You know, it's definitely, I think of it as kind of part of your brand. Um, I guess it's become that. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, yeah. uh, you know, we see, you know, if you follow you online, you see your hairstyles change and, and, and you talk about it and you talk about, you know, how people have, um, you know, people's opinions of your hair over the years. And then when I was doing my little research, you know, I, I saw like old photos where your hair was straight and blonde mm -hmm. and all that. And I feel like you're, you know, to me, just like, I feel like this is part of your superpower. Um, and so, so what is that uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, that, that's not, that's not for me to say. Um, it was a journey. Um, basically, back in the day, I used to wear weave. I used to relax my hair. I used to straighten my hair. Um, I used, I have different. I did different color weaves. I had blonde weave for like two years, and I went natural uh, in 2017. I shaved my head, and uh, my hair was so damaged. It was so bleach damaged, and it was heat damaged. It was like everything. So I shaved my head. And um, my whole intention was kind of like, all right, you know, I'll start from scratch. And then as my hair started growing out, for the first time in my life, I was seeing my real hair texture. My hair has been getting relaxed my whole life. So I never really um, got any chance to embrace my natural hair, natural hair texture, anything like that. So my hair started to grow out. And, you know, I had like no intention of keeping it natural and no intention of not straightening it. But... I don't know. I kind of started like experimenting with it and I was like, you know, playing around with wearing it and I ended up falling in love with it. And I realized how liberated and free I felt as a black woman to actually like my hair texture. And, you know, I never meant to be like this soapbox, my God, black hair, black hair. Um, I think that I had to go through that journey myself first before I could start preaching. But once I realized how liberated I felt, then, um, I was just like, hell, this is the way to go. Like, I'm not going backwards because, you know, the, the problem isn't, okay, black women straightening their hair. I have no problem with black women straightening their hair, wearing straight weave, whatever. I don't think there's anything wrong with people doing what the fuck you want to do. My problem is the shame that comes with it. Um, that's where I had realized that, oh, I'm not straightening my hair, wearing straight weave because, oh, I like it. I'm doing it because I've been told my whole life that my texture is ugly. My texture is bad. My texture is not acceptable. My texture is unprofessional. And when I kind of realized that it was more of this policing system of my hair and not necessarily, oh, just a personal preference, then that's where I started getting kind of angry. And I was like, fuck this. Like, this is like a big F you to the system as an actress and as a model. My hair has always been an issue, even back when I used to have it straightened. It was never straightened enough. Um, it was always like they would get mad at me on photo sets because they'd wet my shit. My shit would puff up. Or, you know, if it was humid, my hair right. would puff up. And my hair was never as silky or straight as the white girls or the Asian girls or whatever. And I would do gigs and people would make complaints about my hair. And at the time, when I first started modeling and all that, I used to just straighten it. But then it wasn't like the, it was still not the right texture. So I started wearing uh, wigs and weaves and stuff like that because um, when I was on set, like I said, like if it would get wet, stuff like that, it would get messed up. So the weave and the wigs will prevent that. Um, but then, like I said, I started realizing it was like, I felt in prison. Like I remember I would turn down gigs. I would turn down events if I didn't have my hair done. 
So like if I couldn't get my hair done the day before, if I couldn't get my weave in, I wouldn't go to work. I wouldn't go to events. I would, I would turn down acting jobs or modeling jobs. And it, it, it was like, oh my God, my hair is so ugly, I can't wear it. And I remember I'd have photographers beg me like, yo, wear your natural hair, just wear your hair. And I'd be like, it, it'd be like, no, no, no. Like it'd be a big deal. Like, no, it's so ugly. Oh my God, oh my God. So finding love for my own texture definitely liberated me as a black woman. And um, I love the fact that I'm helping normalize different textures of hair. And I'm just doing that by example, like putting it on the big screen, putting it in music videos, making it something that's sexy. Um, just being one of the people who contribute to that because the difference is between that and other alterations that women make is that this is something that literally workplaces and school systems are against. You know, we have black women, black men who can't wear their natural hair to work. They're told to wear their hair straight into work or cut their afros. They can't wear locks. They can't wear braids to school. They can't wear them to work. And our hair is being policed unlike any other people. Um, and so this is a bigger issue than just preference. This is actually something that's been against us forever. We used to have to wear our hair in scars because white women were, you know, they were insecure about about themselves looking at our hair and they used to not like their men looking at our hair so we used to have to cover our hair for their insecurities and then we had to straighten our hair to work in their workplaces our hair has been policed forever and so i think it's so liberating for a black woman to say fuck you take her power back wear her natural crown and now you got all these white girls trying to wear box braids and fucking cornrows and all this other shit that we're not allowed to wear ourselves so I think, it, you know, for me, that's why I wear it. It's like I said, it's liberating. It makes me feel like I'm embracing my culture, who I am as a black woman. It looks like I'm not trying to hide what I am. Um, to me, it's like a big fist in the air, displaying it to everyone. Um, and I think it makes a statement as a black woman. I think it shows my black pride. And I think it shows that I'm not trying to pass. I'm not trying to disguise myself to European standards. And so for me, it's a whole lot of reasons why I wear my fro. And I only will wear a fro texture. I will only wear black hair texture. I will only wear black hair styles. I have gotten in trouble on set as an actress and as a model um, since going natural. I've had fights with my agent. I've had fights with directors because of it. And I always tell people the quote I got from Tracy Ellis Ross, if you hire me, you hire my hair because we're the only people that you will hire for a job and then want us to wear another culture's texture. Um, that makes no sense to me. Like if you hire a white girl, she's probably never going to face a situation of having to wear a black person's hair texture for a gig versus we'll get hired for an yes. acting club. And it's like, oh, we want you to have this European white woman hair texture that we just, you know, make, you know, it's possible for a black woman to have that texture. It is possible, but it's just extremely rare. So I find it extremely insulting that you'd hire me as a black actress and then be like, oh, your hair's too black. No. So that's my opinion. <laughs> No, I love it. And, and, I, and I love, you know, you talk about the feeling of liberation, making that choice. And I think like, you know, everything we're talking about, you come across very, you know, confident, very sure of who you are. And, and so to me, like, that's part of it, right, is, is you, know, you, we, you know, we all have to find that comfort in our own skin. And um, yeah. And like I said, you know, I reiterate it, I'm no problem with women who aren't don't want to there sure, are sure, black sure. women who want to wear their hair straight or relax and it might not be self-hate 
it could be that that's their preference of what they like um because a lot of people are confused when it comes to me because i'm the same person who's pro plastic surgery i definitely love plastic surgery i'm down for it and they, they're always confused on you know how could someone be pro black hair and then pro plastic surgery or pro weave it's like well it boils down sweetheart to pro people doing what the fuck they want mm. and that's the problem black hair currently is not in a position of you do what the fuck you want black women currently are not allowed in every workplace or school system or whatever to wear their natural hair so i'm fighting for something that's not a freedom yet you could have your titties done and or not have them done that's not going to affect you getting an office job no one's going to say oh you, you don't have your boobs done so you can't work here you know what i mean like it's not a thing so that's the difference between me fighting so hard for natural hair versus you know body parts okay mm -hmm. um thanks for that uh, well, people sometimes, I just wanted to clarify that because a lot of people, a lot of times don't understand the difference. And it's like, well, basically, sure. I'm pro women doing what the fuck they want. And currently, this is the one area uh, physically that black women especially are not free to do. So, mm -hmm. so speaking of body parts, um, I know you have OnlyFans. Um, how, it, it seems like that's blowing up since COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe I'm just hearing about OnlyFans more now, like people are talking about it. But, you know, I wonder, has like the pandemic kind of affected, um, you know, what that business is like for you? No, not at all. It doesn't affect it at all. If anything, it's gone up. The numbers that's have what gone I mean. up. No, that's what I mean. Um, I mean, to me, no, I mean, it, it doesn't affect it negatively. Um, people are just not hearing about it because celebrities are talking about it. But I've been on there for three years. So okay. it's, it's funny to see like all these celebrities now on there. Um, and a lot of girls were angry. A lot of sex workers were angry because they're like, oh, they're, you know, on there taking over our platform. But sure. see, I'm an adapter and that's why I will always succeed. I see the positives and things um, when it comes to business. And this is just bringing more people to be aware of it. How these motherfuckers didn't even know OnlyFans was, you know, when it was just me and a bunch of sex worker chicks, they didn't know what OnlyFans right. was, right? So sure. now you got everybody that knows what OnlyFans is. So that's a positive. It's marketing. It's getting more people to your thing. They're also bringing more people to the app, more people to the website um, that were originally on there. So that brings more attention and once again, more money to the website, which also mm -hmm. makes more money for girls. Um, I think some girls just get jealous because they see these celebrities posting unobtainable numbers for them. But sure. I always say, you know, the root of misery is comparison. Like, you know, just because you're making a million dollars a month doesn't mean I'm going to be unhappy about, you know, if I was one of these girls making, even if you're a girl and you're making like 500 bucks a month or whatever, you should still be happy about your 500 bucks a month. You shouldn't be comparing yourself to right. who the fuck else is out there. Um, just get your bag and be happy about it. But during COVID, yeah, you've, you've seen a lot more celebrities, you know, that probably can't do shows and stuff that are joining it. I see nothing wrong with it. I don't give a damn what anyone else does. Um, I make a good living. I make some really good money on there for years. And I have a lot of girls that are underneath me that uh, I coach and mentor and uh, help them make the bag as well. And um, someone else making their bag is no effect on my bag because Cardi B's fans are not your fans. That's right. Uh, every time people say, oh, my God, you know, they're taking our customers. No, they're not. Those are not your fans. Those right. people do not know who the fuck you are. Um, 
I mean, so, I think that's just always people's reaction, right? And no matter what it is. I remember, you know, all my friends, I remember, you know, my friends who were DJs all of a sudden when Paris Hilton started DJing and then all these DJs got mad. It's like, well, if you're losing a gig to Paris Hilton, right? Like that's, you, I you mean, know, people it's, who want to hire totally Paris Hilton thing. don't want to hire you. Like that's right. exactly. That's like, what I'm that's saying, not, right? You're not in competition. And there is no competition with OnlyFans because OnlyFans is a social media platform of where you can follow multiple people, follow multiple creators. So once the right. person signs the website, they just go to different platforms and they follow multiple girls and they get like a Facebook-like news feed that shows them the pictures of the videos or whatever the girls are posting. So it's like, it's not a situation of one or the other. They can literally follow four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever girls, you know, as many girls as they want. So... People should be more cross. Does having that type of like uh, relationship to your fans is it is it different than you know being in Playboy or like having like having it be on your own channel? I wonder, you know, has that does that affect like the dynamic that you have with with your fans? What do you mean, like? I like, what do you mean? I don't know. I mean. Um, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you make different kinds of content. You make movies and music, uh, mm-hmm. right? And then you have your content on OnlyFans. And I, I just wonder, like, is that, you know, have you seen, like, the relationship to your fans change as a result of, you know, just that, that kind of dynamic that they're, they can subscribe to, you know, Naked Pictures or whatever? I mean, I've been doing naked pictures since I was 16. That's what I built my brand. I'm not someone that really asked that to because I was a Playboy model. Uh, I was a Playboy model for two years and I built my brand on sexuality. I guess guess that's Um, what I wonder, right? Is like, that's maybe that's my question is like, is there a difference between being in Playboy where it's Playboy's customer that's looking at your (laughs) pictures versus this person that's subscribing directly to you and has a direct relationship with you. They don't have a relationship with me. It's a, it's entertainment. I post it up, they buy it. So there is no relationship. I mean, if they, but that's a relationship, right? Is that they comment or they, they post or like, uh, I guess, I mean, I look at, this is all business. So in the day, I don't really see how any of this is different. You know, if I post a music video versus a sexy video, it's just content, it's entertainment, you know? So it's the same, the same to me. Like, I don't really see a difference in um, anything. It's just content that, they're, that you're providing and they're buying. Um, do people act differently? Like, no, not, you know, people are actually more respectful on OnlyFans than they are. Okay. People are actually more respectful on your OnlyFans and they are on social media because people on OnlyFans are being their raw selves. They're not putting on a facade. They're not trying to say what they think is uh, right for whoever the fuck's following them. You know, people are just being their own own selves and uh, they mostly worship you and respect you on there. And, you know, they're clearly paying for it because they're a fan of yours in a different way. Uh, you're a fantasy to them. So those people are going to look at you like you're great, you're perfect, you're amazing. Like no one's gonna think you suck and you should die, and then they're gonna subscribe to your OnlyFans and pay you. I think yeah. the the difference is not the difference has nothing to do with nudity or not like that. The difference is money. People respect mm-hmm. money, and people are going to give you their money 
then there's going to be a tone of respect that comes with it because no one's sure. going to pay for something that they don't respect. So if they're paying you, that means there's some level of respect in that transaction versus YouTube or anything that people can just go and see. But if they're going to go pay for it, it's a certain level of, you know, admiration that they must have for you in order to do that. That's my answer. I love it. I guess, yeah, but um, I mean, it sort of just creates a bunch of content. It's all the same to me. It is, sure. It's all like basically the same. Mm -hmm. All right. I know you got to get going. I'm gonna, let me do a little quick lightning round before I let you go. Okay. Um, so what's your favorite city to travel to? Anywhere I haven't been yet because I hate going to the same place twice. What's on your list where you want to go next? I'm going to go everywhere. Um, After, I mean, I mean, me and Karen are really dope. So it's not really about cities. It's more about countries because, like, I only, you know, care about a specific city. I really want to go to Italy really badly. I'm going to go to Italy for a while, but uh, there, pretty much anywhere, anywhere in Europe, I'm down to go. Um, okay. I've already been to Amsterdam, Germany area. So anywhere just more like Russia, you know, going to Spain, stuff like that, like anywhere. I want to go to all those places. I want to go throughout different parts of Africa. Like I want to go to South Africa because it looks beautiful. I want to go to West Africa, like Ghana and uh, I go to Nigeria. I want to go to, um, I just want to go all over the place. Like I, mean, I just want to go to like every country I can get to, go to Australia. I'm going. And um, if there wasn't for COVID, I, I definitely would have been going on tour this year. I've been traveling a lot more this year. So yeah. I'm pretty much just down to go anywhere. Okay. Who's your favorite DJ? My favorite DJ? Mm -hmm. um, DJ Quick. I love DJ Quick. Uh, what's the last great book you read? Great book? Um, my actual last great book, I guess The High Rise. I don't know it. I'm gonna look it up. It's a classic. Okay. There's a movie what after. Move oh, there is. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not knowing. It's a satire. I like satires. Um, I like anything that makes kind of social commentary. Um, so. Yeah. Nice. And recently, you know, I'm a big fan of Lord, Lord of the Flies, so I like the book a lot. So I currently was trying to watch the movie. The movie was boring as fuck. I couldn't watch it. The one from like the 90s or whatever. Was I was trying to watch it. It was so damn boring. Um, it was just too slow paced from the movie. I was like, I don't want to watch a bunch of little boys running around with no damn shirt on for an hour. So the book is good though. So I like stuff like that. I like, cause that's also a satire society, you know, about different types of people, stuff like that. Anything that's, you know, in a witty way, self-reflecting our society, I like. Okay. Mm -hmm. What movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? Coming to America is my favorite movie, and I can watch it a million times. I can quote it all day. It's like the best movie ever made. Um, oh, good. I was so, waiting for number two this year, but I think they're waiting next, for the theaters to reopen. Next year, next year. Um, so I'll definitely be watching that as well. I love anything with Eddie Murphy in it. He's, sure. I love it. Yeah. Who has taught you the most uh, that you, someone you've never met that's taught someone you the never, most? 
So who, okay, so like a celebrity, I'm guessing. Yeah, or it could be a book, you know, an author, uh, uh, you know, sports figure, uh, somebody that you've witnessed from a distance that you, you feel like you've learned from. Hmm. You know, it's funny. I don't have like a one answer for that. Um, I actually in the past two years have been watching a lot of uh, commentary channels on like YouTube. I watch a lot mm. of interviews and stuff. And by doing that, I get a lot of great insight because I'm that kind of person, like I can't look at one person as, oh my God, this person taught me so much. I like to kind of watch a lot of different people, get a lot of different insights. So I like to watch a lot of these, you call it drama channels, you know, people who make commentary on celebrities or current events. And okay. I like to watch these interviews and, you know, people interview a bunch of people about their opinions on stuff. And I like, I like to get the insight from different people. And a lot of times I'll watch channels that even have opposing views from mine, but I think that it helps open my eyes to being a well, well, well-rounded person. So I could watch like Lovely Tea, Choice TV. I used to watch Vlad TV before the controversy. Um, you know, No Jumper, uh, you know, uh, Joe yep. Budden, um, you know, The Breakfast Club. You know, like, I watch all that stuff. And I, I, I watch a lot of it, like I said, to keep up to date what's going on, to give people's different commentary, different opinions. And uh, that actually, I know that sounds kind of corny because not a person, but watching a lot of those all the time has opened my mind to a lot of different opinions and options and stuff like that. And I think that's what, uh, yeah. I like that. I think we, we all need to spend more time with people that disagree with us or that see the world in a different way, right? Yeah. And to just, you know, understand that our way of thinking is not the only way. That's what I've been doing a lot of. Like I said, like, I, I like watching a lot of these uh, channels where people say their commentary and you know everybody has a different opinion like some people might be for this and then I might watch a channel that's against it and mm-hmm. you know I don't get offended anymore I I actually just listen and it's, I find it entertaining and I'm like okay that makes sense or I might still disagree at the end of it but I like this fact that I still know what that opposing person thinks so I like those sure. those things me the most I feel like as a person nice okay my mm-hmm. last question if I work for you What's something I would hear you say over and over? If you worked for me? Yeah. Um, uh, probably hurry up, work faster, do it now, things like that. Okay. Because that's right. mostly like, like my, my boyfriend and I work together. He's my manager and producer. And um, that's mostly what I tell him. Mm. So, cause I'm very like, I'm really on it. Sure. Even when I'm hiring a DP or someone like that, I'm very like, hurry up, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's get this done. Like, cause you know, people like to lollygag, people like to chill, people like to move at a slower pace. I'm not about that. So I'm very like with the quickness. Nice. So. Cool. Well, what's coming up next? I know, I know we're watching for shark when that comes out. Um, I know we got uh, uh, black man magic. What's 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 coming up next from Stormy Maya? Um, a bunch of music videos. I just banged out a whole bunch of them. Um, I only had about three months of free time out here because mm-hmm. of all the lockdowns. 
and I took advantage of that, finished the movie up, and got a bunch of music videos done. So I have a ton of music videos that I'm going to be dropping back to back. And um, the next one I'm thinking is going to be Pick Me. I got Daddy Issues coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a whole bunch of music videos coming out. So they're going to see that, a bunch of songs. A lot of the new songs that I'm releasing have features on them. So they're going to see me with other artists as well. And um, next year is going to be crazy because next year is going to be power moves. Um, if everything wasn't COVID up, there'd be a lot more crazy things happening. But because sure. um, I've had so many people offer, like, fly me to Cali or fly me to fucking Atlanta, my, all these random places. I'm like, nah, I'm chilling. You know, COVID and all that shit's happening. It's trying to shit to fucking chill. The border's closed. So mm -hmm. I'm just laying low right now and dropping mad content. So right. you're definitely going to see a bunch of music dropping like crazy. We're dropping a single like every couple of weeks now. And, you know, the music videos are going to get more epic next year. When things open up and I have sure. more resources, things will be a lot better. But for right now, I'm just dropping content and uh, having fun with it. Oh, I can't wait to see. We'll be, we'll be following. Of course. Be following. Yeah. I have lined up my, my, my track, Birthday Cake, just dropped. Um, you know, that music video, video done. I like that track. Um, mm -hmm. I was a new producer. And, um, you know, so I have a lot of, lot of fun stuff coming up. And I think that nice. you're going to, um, yeah. I'm excited. I have tracks well, with female artists and all that coming out. So, you know, we're going to do it up. Nice. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate yep. you making time. You know, let's have you back. Uh, hopefully sometime in person we can promote whatever else you're working on. I'm sure there's good things to come. Worst. That was Stormy Maya on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Um, leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought. Hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net. Our Facebook page at Rebel Radio Net. You can find videos of many of our episodes on our YouTube page. And uh, most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio.